it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hi, I'm Dominic Patton. And I'm Pete Hammond. And this is the Deadline Podcast TV Talk. Today we're going to be discussing the Emmy contenders for both categories, Best Limited Series, which used to be miniseries, and Best TV Movie. Plus you're going to hear Dominic's interview with Rami Youssef from Rami, and my interview with James Corden, oh, he's such a great guy, from our annual Emmy Contenders event. Basically we're only talking to people whose name is in the title of their show. Which is nice. But to come back to this is, as, as you know, these are two separate categories, but people often think of them as one category, right. and they have been, haven't they? Oh, well, they definitely have been. When I I was on the board of governors of the Television Academy. We kept switching it back and forth. There's something called a rule of 14, and you have to have a certain number of uh, shows eligible, even in you know in in TV land, to make a category. And so we combined them and we uncombined them. And for the past few years, they've been separate categories. However, limited series used to be mini series far outweighs everything in terms of prestige, in terms of the quality and everything. What has become defined as a TV movie is a very gray area here. We've seen pilots of show, failed shows suddenly reconstitute uh, themselves as or, a or, movie. Or endings to shows that have been canceled. <laughs> yeah. As, as, you know, this, this year we have, we have, well, I guess in two senses, we have Sense8 together until the end, which, of course, Sense8 was canceled by uh, Netflix, and they brought it back for a movie, and now they kind of sort of say that was always <laughs> the intention. Yeah. Gesundheit. <coughs> That's Dominic. Then we also have, yes, Dominic, who is suffering from what is a, a, a Memorial Day cold. Oh, um, And then we have Deadwood, the movie, which is yes. literally back yeah. 13 years. Right. That's okay, I think around though. 13 years after Deadwood was canceled it's by It's a standalone, though. It's, well... Yeah. It's not like a continuing uh, thing. You know, Deadwood the movie will debut later this week, but okay. let me tell you, I have seen it, and I would not say it's a standalone entirely. Oh, all right. I would Ooh. say it okay. exists within the realm of Deadwood the story, and to some, it might even feel like the conclusion they didn't get. Ah. But that's also, I will also say this, I was a big Deadwood fan. Right. So I, there's a lot in there that I'm already, I'm already on the train, so to speak, to South so Dakota. I'm so fine with just this kind of one-off thing, whether it's a conclusion or something years later and all of that, as in the reverse where we now have Downton Abbey, the movie going into theaters in September, you know? They can switch it up. We can see different kinds of things here. My problem with the TV movie category is there's just not enough. That's why they're taking episodes of Black Mirror every year and giving it the best TV movie when essentially is that really a movie or it's part of an anthology series, uh, well, basically. Is, is there a question of this, and, and you would know as as much, you know, we're both members of the TV Academy, but you would know as being a member of the Governor's Board and what have you. Is there a length issue? Uh, well, there are certain things, yeah, you can't do like 40 minutes and that sort of thing and call it a movie, but 
they get away with an hour, hour, six minutes, seven minutes for some of these nominees now. And uh, I never recalled that there was, it said you couldn't do that in terms of that. You can't See, do I, a short. I, I kind of I think it's a BS category. It, it, it is. And, it's, especially it's, when you add in that you can, well, if we don't have enough people, we can just yeah. shove it into limited series too, it's right? It's lost its prestige in recent years. And now people game the system with this category and trying well, to get Well, people game the system all over the place. Well, yeah, and they do. But looking at the other nominees here, uh, the potential nominees that we're looking at, Brexit, well, that's a movie, okay, and uh, and that's legitimate. King Lear with Anthony Hopkins, certainly distinguished enough there. The best On one, many levels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think the best and most intriguing of just the standalone movies, and HBO is pretty much the only entity out there that does it besides Lifetime with Lori Laughlin movies, and we ain't going to see those in this category. I ain't going to see the only, <laughs> one, the only one you're going to see is Lori Laughlin goes to the big house. That's going to be a I big I want to see that movie. That movie's coming, my friend, I tell you. But, that movie's coming, Pride. <laughs> My Dinner with Hervé, I think, is quite good. And Peter, all things Peter Dinklage are, are really hot right now. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's one way of putting it. Yeah. Uh, all things Peter Dinklage on HBO are very hot right now. Yeah. I, I actually just decided, I wonderfully, unexpectedly enjoyed that film. Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, it was. I mean, I kind of thought, oh, it's a play on my dinner with Andre. Aha! Uh -huh. It's gonna be. It's gonna be so drawn out yeah. and and trite. And it was actually very. I mean, I still. I still think it was drawn out, but right. I don't think it was trite at all. No. Um, and Native was, Son, by the way, is also very good. It is uh, very, very yeah, good. Yeah. Very good. And I guess you're, you're. You know, you're right. This is kind of HBO's, isn't it? They this own is theirs. I mean, they they have. They're the ones that have consistently, you know. Kept, HBO with a, with a dollop of Netflix. Yeah, you know, uh, they don't do the greatest TV movies of their of your that they used to do but they, they they're still at it and we may see some good stuff coming in the future this could get revived right now it is totally uh under the shadow of best limited series and so let's let's you know. move up to where the sun shines there. yeah because <laughs> actually up in limited series this year there are some very very strong contenders we don't really see any you know obviously you can't really see repeats from last year though right. Some might try yeah. uh, in the case of American Horror Story. Um, but what we do see here is a lot of the same actors or same type of actors here. So, yeah. you know, for instance, uh, Hulu's Catch-22, yeah. clearly a contender. HBO's Sharp Object with Amy Adams, clearly a contender. Uh, Netflix is uh, about to be launched, When They See Us, direct, directed by Ava DuVernay, about yeah. the, the horrible miscarriage of justice involving the five young men who were, were tainted with the name the Central Park Five. Right. Um, and you see things like Netflix is Maniac. You see Amazon's A Very English Scandal with Hugh Grant. Yeah, that's uh, Who's the actor? I mean, these are all, these are top tier. And of yeah. course, I mean, you can call it season three of True Detective, right, and it or is. you can call it Mahershala Ali wins again. Right. <laughs> but either way, you've got you've got HBO's True again, Detective. Again, it falls under the same thing you mentioned briefly, American Horror Story. Well, you know, that was they got away with in this category forever and ever and ever. And I was actually on the board of governors of the TV Academy when we had to vote to determine if this was a series or was going to be a limited series. Uh, Ryan Murphy had petitioned us. And it was, it was like a 22-21 vote. It was really split on the board whether that should get in. And I was against it because I thought they were going to play games like this. You know, they use the same cast members year after year. They just put them in different roles. So they call it a limited series, you know, rather than a regular series. This year they got caught. Because they decided to go back to the... You got caught. You make it sound like a leg hold track. <laughs> yeah. And they have um, actors coming back, um, a Sarah, you know, uh, Paulson and uh, Connie Britton, playing roles they played in the first season. And so they're playing those same roles. So that, the Academy has determined, ah, no, 
that's, uh, that's no fair in this category. It's not fair to other people. So we, we, we don't have that to play around with here. Uh, but what we do have, I think, no is a really good group. No Ryan Murphy to kick around it. No, but you know what? I love, as you know, Fosse Verdon. I know you do. I know you do. I mean, look, in theory, what's not to love? I mean, yeah, in theory, what's right. not to love? Yeah. And, you know, just you throw in a couple of recreations of Cabaret, and you've oh. got me most of the time. I think this is going to be This was huge. not worthy of the execution. But mm-hmm. clearly, Sam Rockwell and Michelle Williams, clearly this yeah. was aimed for them to get Emmy noms. Yeah, this is Clearly. Get, this I think they will get the noms, maybe not the show. I think the show will. Mm. Let's make a bet. Okay, how much? Um, $5. Five dollars. I mean, have you even watched one episode? That's nothing. Five dollars. We'll talk about this off air, but that is a low. That is a. I don't believe in my double-digit nominations for Fosse Verdon. You, you mark my words. This is going to happen. I mark your words, but I don't see anything coming out of your wallet. So, what do you think is going to be the nominees then? Oh well, look, best show of this list. I I think you know, (laughs) and these shows are good. They're all really. I mean, that's the thing. Is they're all good. I think that there is also there's a lot of star power. Yeah. So I think it's I, I think at this point when you look at these two categories, best limited series and best TV movie, and then you look at the joint category where it involves the actual actors and actresses, yeah. I think star power plays a massive role here. As as you've said, press these are prestige properties. Yeah. So you use these two. These were the OG of attracting yeah. movie stars to do television, yeah, right? And right. now that's spread out everywhere. But these were the ones, right? I, Best Little Lies was also, obviously, yeah. when it was it was in. Oh, completely. In, yeah, yeah, totally. So, and, and I'm sure we'll see that. Well, maybe or maybe not, actually. I don't know how that'll play out next year because well, of, because well, of the, the nature of it coming back. Is it, is it a, now a drama? But I think that there's a little bit of split the difference here, okay? So I think you're going to see things like, um, I don't think you're going to see True Detective Season 3, a.k.a. the latest version of the limited series, necessarily get the nomination, mm-hmm. but I think you're going to see Mahershala yeah. get the nomination, well, I think right? so, too. Uh, yeah. I, you know, maybe there's a big Stephen Dorff uh, crowd out there that I don't know about, but <laughs> I, I don't think so. You know, uh, same thing with I Am the Night. I think yeah. you might not, you're I not going to see that, but no. you might see Chris Pine yeah, or Patty maybe. Jenkins get nominations yeah. respectively. So, but what I, and, and, and I, but I think here you will see Catch-22 get a nomination, sure. but I mean, George Clooney is in it for such a short period of time. Yeah, you but know? he also produced it and directed yeah, it. Yeah, and also, yeah. so I don't think he's going to get nominations for acting. Is what I'm trying to say. Uh, probably not, but you never know. But I think, yeah. but see, this is what I mean. This is the yeah. splitting of the star difference. And so yeah. I think that's what's going to happen here. And that's why I think Fosse Verdun will almost certainly, like I, I can't think of any reason why Sam and Michelle aren't getting a nomination. Uh, uh, no. I don't know if the show will. Maybe, I would also maybe say that could be, I that do. could be maybe I, the right same. Right here, hands up. I do. I, how many times do I have to tell I, you? I know, I know. <laughs> But yet you put so little money on the table, my oh, friend. Okay, five and you know, money, money, right, $10. Yeah, exactly. $10. Oh my God! I just Stop doubled it. I just it. bought a coffee and a muffin. Oh my God! It. Okay, we're okay. going to see two Patricia um, Arquette shows here. Are they going to cancel each other out, or what's yes. happening? Yes, Escape the, act, the, act gonna, the act is going to uh, is going to cancel out Escape. It when is. she did our uh, show, Actors Side, she suggested to me actually not on camera, but before she didn't know where she was going to be placed, but I said, probably not against yourself. And she was worried that she was going to compete uh, for Dana Mora against her co-star in the act, in Joey, the lead actress. Jo- which I think she will. Yeah. Which and, I think she will. I think but, she'll get two nominations. But those shows, I think Ben Stiller's well-liked, and I think Escape at Dana Mora will get a nomination there. I think the act is, is I would give the act a little bit of an edge because it simply came out more recently. Yeah. And I think that it it, it is... Um, well, personally, I think it's I think it's a better series. Yeah. Um, but I also think it 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 had it had a very it had a unique appeal. 
Mm-hmm. And I think the way Hulu marketed it, the way they've been, they, the, the, the way they played it done, out week yeah, to week, yeah. the way they played it yeah. out, I think escape. Fosse Verdon's done that too, you know. That's how television works, I hear. Um, <laughs> it's old-fashioned. It's it, old-fashioned you know. television. Just, People just, talk yeah. about it week after week. You just know, there's something to say. soft shoe. You put a, <laughs> a show on every week. I think there's something to so it. So I, I do think that. I also, again, I, I think that, that the Emmys have started to get a bit more like the Oscars, and I'm not just talking about because of the, the, the talent involved, but also I think timing has become more important. You all, everyone knows, you want an Oscar nomination, you really are smart about it, yeah. you put your movie out after Labor Day, right? right? Oh, absolutely. And, and I think this is the case here, too, where we're seeing, you know, you look at Catch-22, you look at uh, When They See Us, you look at yeah. True Detective, you look at the yeah. act fairly recent, like right. like uh, in people's minds, yeah. right? And uh, When They See Us has got this real kind of social importance behind it. And Ava DuVernay, I see that getting in because I think voters like that and want to support that. Uh, I don't want to overlook because we're running out of time on this, but I thought Hugh Grant is great. I, that I think show. Hugh Grant and Ben, and ben and obviously one of the Golden Gloves. I think, I think they're fantastic. And, and yeah. I love A Very English Scandal. Yeah. I love, like L-U-V, love. Yeah. But again, I, I think that there's sometimes you're just like, yeah, when was that on? You know, it's yeah. it just there's a little bit too far in the background, right? right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I think Catch-22, I'll give you Fosse Verdun only because I, okay, if you're not going to you. really bet money, you clearly yeah. don't believe it. Okay. When They See Us, yeah. True Detective, and the, and the Act. Sharp Objects, again, I think is another another star divide. I think Amy's going to get a nomination yeah. for sure. And, I don't know if yeah. the show will, right? Okay. Unless you're a huge Led Zeppelin fan because right. they played so much of it during the show. Well, okay. that's where I think. So there you go. There you we'll go. figure it out. So... With that, this is my conversation with Rami Joseph at our Deadline Contenders event about his incredibly funny, it was, it was one of my picks of the show you have to watch this week in my TV reviews, and incredibly thoughtful show about being a Muslim American growing up You're in New Jersey. Egyptian American. In right. Jersey. Right. right? Uh, so a Garden, State, a Garden State Muslim. For you, how important was that? And how important was it uh, the rest of America seeing you and seeing like, oh, that guy's funny and he's a Muslim? Uh, Garden State Muslim is is a great title. It's your memoir. If I ever do, <laughs> if I ever do a memoir or an album or yeah. something, I think I might do Garden State Muslim. And I remember when you you were on Colbert that yeah. time. I think it was like a, a couple of years ago, 2017 yeah. or so. So it suddenly said, "This is this guy," and, yeah. and he's been around in the background, but this is this guy now, and he has a he sees things from a very different point of view because he's the person who you we don't really talk about in America. Yeah, uh, it it was really exciting for. I, you know, I've been doing comedy for 10 years, and that was probably the first time I ever really put out stand-up. You know, I put something out publicly, uh, and, and the reception was amazing, and, and I think that it was really exciting to do that on national TV and have people kind of see someone like me who is not only Muslim but practicing, you know, and not trying to put a distance uh, from the faith, but kind of try to synthesize it with my life. And, and But also, and, at the same time, the image is so encrusted now yeah. in America of like, oh, well, clearly you're going to be wearing robes, and of course, yeah. all, all, all your all, your wife, your girlfriend, every person in your life is wearing a burqa. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, these are there's a lot of imagery, um, and it's not even the that image, it, it's, it's kind of expanding the imagery. It's kind of understanding, sure, yeah, there are some people who dress traditionally, there are some people who wear scarves, and then there's some people who wear baseball caps, and there's some people who wear hoodies, and there's people who, you know, just, it's us. We're, we're as 
American as anyone could be. And, and in many ways, you know, to be a Muslim in America is a place that you can practice Islam most freely. To, to show that perspective uh, and get to do it in a stand-up set was really exciting. And, and the reactions online were, you know, I, I closed on this joke um, in, in the set where uh, I, I have this bit where I, you know, where I say, you know, I'm not trying to be preachy about my faith or anything. I just uh, think that everyone should submit to Islam because it's the truth. And uh, and I said that joke, and there were just the reactions were really funny because you know the liberal audiences were like, oh, he's kind of doing a parody on you know this idea that everyone thinks Muslims are trying to convert people. And then conservatives were like, no, no, he's really trying to convert people. And then Muslims, look out. yeah, look out. And then Muslims were like. Oh yeah, he's trying to convert people. This is awesome. You know, like they're, they're like in agreement on the thing. You know, CBS reads a transcript. They don't really, they don't know. So they get like a script of the thing, and they're like, "Wait, why is he closing this really funny set by telling people to submit to Islam?" And so it was this thing where I showed up the day of, and I, I didn't know. I got a call the day before, and they were like, "Hey, don't do that joke." And I was like, "Well, let's talk about it tomorrow." And I kind of showed up wondering, "Well, what's going to happen?" And, and it kind of got to a point where I said, "Look." It, if I can't do the joke, I don't know if I have a set because it ties together the points that I'm trying to make. Um, how about let me try it, and if it doesn't do well in the room, then just don't air my set. That was kind of the that's how kind of the, you know the point that we got to. And then the people at CBS were like, okay, let's try it, let's see what happens, because uh, they were really not feeling it off the transcript. And then it played really well in the room, and then they came back and they were like, all right, we were wrong. When I do stand up, I am talking about myself. I'm also talking about my family. I'm talking about my community, and we're making light of what are emotional things. I think to be Muslim in America. There are a lot of emotions that go through it, but it also, peeling that back, just the immigrant experience here, there are a lot of emotions. And because it's emotional, that's what makes stand-up jokes funny, right? Because we're kind of like puncturing this, this, this tension and, and letting a little air out so that we can laugh about it. And I think that when we went into the show, the approach was, okay, so we know we can make fun of tension and make things funny, but let's show the tension in a genuine way. You know, and, and for us, our approach was the problems should always feel genuine and serious, and then the way the characters deal with it should be funny. And now you're going to hear my interview with James Corden at our Emmy Contenders event, and you're going <clears> to <throat> find out what makes James Corden cry on camera because this Paul McCartney um, car karaoke, whatever you want to call it, uh, carpool karaoke. Carpool karaoke. Yes, um, is his true gem, and that's what that's the show he is most concerned about getting in and getting Emmy nominations for any which way they, they went can. to the Cavern Club. You can't yeah. go, if, if you go to the Cavern Club, you get an Emmy. Yeah, that's and, you know, role. turned it into a primetime special, so it's, it's fun stuff, so listen to that. The show, the James Corden Late Late Show, is just on fire, I have to tell you, with all the... Um, Stuff that you do, and it really isn't a talk show. I don't even want to call it a talk show. It's a variety show you do nightly. Uh, well, that's the intention, yeah. That's, that's sort of, I think, what we've always set out to do is to try and make a, the, to try and make a, the, the, the purest sort of variety show every night in that we really don't ever want any two weeks or any two shows even to feel the same like they're, they're the they're the days that that excite us and i think you know where, where we are uh you know like our show is on in the middle of the night the only people who are the only people who are less awake watching our show are the people in this room <laughs> and <laughs> i'm kidding and uh 
And, you know, and so what we want to do, what we try and do every day is just try and have a slice of joy, really, a, a bit of joy before before people that people can enjoy on their phone, on the way to work, on their laptop, with their children, with their families. We never think of our show airing at a time. We say it launches at that time and is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, should anybody ever need to watch it, you know? You know what was so rare about this show? I remember when it came on four years, you're celebrating your fourth anniversary. It came on as great on your first show as it is now in terms of the format, the way you did it. You just came out, knew exactly what you wanted to do. Most shows struggle to find their way. This one never did. You were, you were very sure of yourself, I think, what you wanted to do. That's very sweet of you to say that. We, we, we knew that what we didn't have, we didn't have any currency with our audience. We had no goodwill. Like we knew that I, you know, I wasn't coming from, you know, a decade on Comedy Central or Saturday Night Live, or you know, I'd never been on a talk show before I got given the the show. You know, so we knew that we had to come out of the block so fast and let people know that there was a show here and let guests know that this was a place they could come and 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 that, that it would travel on the internet and stuff like that. And and that was difficult and I would spend a long time you know terrified with my wife like saying this is never going to work how is this going to work like how, how is this ever going to work no one knows who I am like I couldn't even get in the building without my past like this is crazy <laughs> I mean it and then and then suddenly sort of one day it kind of clicked where we were like well, what you have to do when you're backed into a corner, anybody in whatever walk of life, whatever you're doing, you have to go. Well, if you're back, if you're backing yourself into a corner, going nobody knows, nobody knows who I am, and nobody knows what I can do, you suddenly have to just go. Wait, nobody knows who I am, and nobody knows what I can do. And actually, if we take all the things that people are saying as a weakness, and we just try and use them as a strength, and think, well, hang on a minute. I've written shows for the BBC, I've been on Broadway, to what we can do this, suddenly our entire team changed our outlook really, and all of these shows is without question, it's, it's a team sport. Like I'm just sort of the, the, the person who's foolish enough to step out and do it, but it, it's a, it takes an absolute army to make an hour of TV every night, particularly in the manner that we make it, which is trying to get out on the street, be amongst people, shoot big sketches, big musical numbers, big parody things. Like, it takes a lot of people, and it just took everybody to change our mindset to go, no, 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 this is going to be, we can make this great, you know? It's, a, it's extraordinary. Yeah, you can applaud that. You know, it. It's extraordinary because you came out and you broke every rule of what American talk shows are, like this guest has to be first out, this guest, it's all a whole political thing, I've worked on a couple of talk shows. You have them, you bring them out, you sit them on the couch, they're forced to interact, that's, that's an old style of talk show. I don't know that they're forced to, we'd hate to think that we're <laughs> forcing anybody to do anything, we just, no, I mean, look, look, you know, in, there's a strange thing, I've sort of noticed that some, there's some people who, get very, very passionate about the world of late night and these shows. And um, you could argue that some people feel like all of these shows should be the same. Right. And I feel like, well, the job is to not do that. Like, nowhere else in television would you go, right, from eight till nine, we're gonna have a hospital drama. And nine till 10, we're gonna have another hospital drama with the same diseases, you know? <laughs> 
so our what what we try to do and what we continually try to do and always will try to do is to try and evolve our show without our audience knowing or even realizing and evolve constantly and never really sit still like you know in, and, and always try and be ahead of a curve but always try to be different yeah. like when we said we were going to put our desk here and our couch here there were like audible gasps because <laughs> they were like that's just not how it's done <laughs> yeah, right. and we were like this is fucking stupid this is <laughs> this is crazy like i don't know any other time of, of television where it's almost like breaking bad was a success and now every television show has to involve somebody cooking meth you know it's as ridiculous as that you know thanks for listening to the deadline podcast tv talk make sure well, as you listen to us, I hope you're listening to us on that right now. You subscribe to us on iTunes so you'll never miss an episode. And, of course, you can find all of our Emmy-breaking news and coverage at Deadline.com. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.